This podcast is meant for people with fully developed brains only. Any traumatic head injury sufferers or adolescents are not welcome. Turn around and walk away. Hello, and thank you for downloading another uh, Massacast. I'm actually here with my good friend... Evermore. Evermore. (laughs) Who, um, uh, we're actually about to record a future episode of the Massacast. Um, So just sit down and just wait, because uh, Evermore, we are going to listen to another episode right now that I recorded a couple weeks ago with Crazy Heart from the People of Kink podcast. He's Canadian, so you know it's it's already good right there. No, I'm serious. Did you, have you ever met, have you even met an asshole Canadian? No, I haven't. See, now uh, I have to think. There's several people. I'm not going to mention names, but there's several people who donated to the Massacast uh, in the past couple weeks, and people have been asking, "Hey, if I donate, uh, is the money going to your European honeymoon, or is it going to be going towards the Massacast?" Well, the answer is yes. Uh, someone sent uh, an email. Do you mind if I read some of uh, my FetLife emails? I would love that. Okay. Please feel free to acknowledge my donation if you wish to do so. I've been listening to it for a while, and I want to say thanks for all the great interviews and to support me and, and to support more in the future. I love listening during my commute to and from work. Keep up the great interviews. This is from Jason, uh, who sent me a FetLife message. Thank you so much, Jason. I uh, also got a really long and awesome email from someone on FetLife giving me, uh, or I should say, giving us... Saad and I, advice of where to go if we go to Berlin. Amazing uh, detail to this email of, here's where you should go for this. This place is really great. They have parties several times a year. You know, whatever. Just thank you so much. You know who you are. She didn't want me to mention her name. Um, Also got this other email, and maybe you can help me uh, figure this one out evermore. Here's here it is. No subject. It just says into gangbangs. Friend me to discuss further. Thanks. <laughs> no, I don't know if this person is like, hey, I'm into gangbangs. I want to be on the podcast, or I'm into gangbangs. I, I have no idea. It's a dude. <laughs> so you're not interested. So with that being said, uh, everyone and I are now going to listen to Crazy Heart from the People of King podcast. You can find. Uh, his web. Just Google People of Kink or you can find the link on Massacast.com. You can also find it in iTunes. Here it is, Crazy Heart from the People of Kink. All right, so you got everything you need? You got your coffee? You've got your uh, water or your, your, your Molson? My Molson, yeah. Uh, no, I'm good to go. Uh, so I've, I have actually spent a lot of, a lot of time in Canada. Mm-hmm. Uh, I grew up in the northern, northern, like, like 45 minutes from, well, half hour from the Canadian border. Mm-hmm. Uh, when I was 19, it was legal to drink in Saskatchewan. Yep. So I went up, uh, forgot my ID at college, however. <laughs> uh, so we just had to go find some small karaoke bars that wouldn't card me. I was like, <laughs> I finally drink, drink legally and I forget my ID. Um, nice. Uh, but I spent tons of time there. My best friend from college is Canadian. I have, that's almost like how someone, some people say, hey, I, my, one of my best friends is gay. <laughs> One of my best friends is Canadian. Yeah, um, I'm all for Canadian rights. Um, uh, I, I, but I, I have been in uh, I've been in Alberta, I've been in British Columbia, Saskatchewan, but nowhere further uh, east. So this is new territory for me. Oh, in in Ontario, you've never been here. I've never. Wow. For those people who don't know, uh, Canadians are, uh, are probably the nicest people you you'll ever meet. 
I don't know why that is. This is not, has nothing to do with kink. This is just general fact. Canadians, I don't know, there's something about being in a, a you know, compared to the U.S., a sparsely populated country uh, in relative size, you know, to, mm-hmm. to the size. And then uh, extremely funny, and they know more about America than Americans do. Well, that can be true, and it's it's funny because I have gone, you know, on trips down, well, actually south of, you know, down to Dominican or something, and and I would say things to some of the my American friends there, and they'd be like, how, how do you know that? I just know that. Right. But I, I don't get why it doesn't work the other way, but I guess we are pretty friendly. I, you know, it's fun to come up. I love living here. I love being a Canadian. I think you'll find that much the same as Americans, we're very patriotic, um, you know, Canada is is everything to me. I love it, and you know, it's nice being so close to the states too for many, many reasons. But it it's pretty awesome up here. I have considered many times, every time, almost every time I'm in Canada, and it's quite often. Every time I'm in Canada, I I seriously consider defecting. <laughs> you well, can't I'm really not... defect, unfortunately. It's not like it's not like uh, the you know former Soviet Union and U.S. But I've I've considered running to the nearest you know American embassy in the in Canada and just saying. Take my papers. I'm Canadian now. <laughs> well, I'm sure they take you right away. Possibly. I mean, if nothing else, my credit score would be completely cleaned out, which would be <laughs> a nice bonus there. Um, there you so you're but you're close to Detroit. I mean, it's not that far at all from you. Yeah, we're we're two hours from Detroit, just basically east of Detroit. Yeah. Now, do you do you uh, do you play quite a bit in Detroit? Do you check out the Detroit scene often, or is it just like, ah, screw those guys? It's freaking Detroit. No, I, I, I've never been there, and. You've never been to, wait, hold on, you've never been to Detroit? No, I've been to Detroit, oh. but I've never been there, let me rephrase that, I've never been there for kink. Ah. And one of the reasons why is that their laws for BDSM and consensual kink there are much more complicated than, say, it would be here. Oh. Where you can actually, even though you consensually beat somebody, that you could actually get arrested for that. They don't, they don't care if it's consensual or not. Yeah. So even though there is a, a community there, it's very underground. And they actually, I don't know, it was about a year ago or so, they had uh, a, a local news team actually went and went to a party and, you know, undercover and actually filmed some of it. Yeah. So, you know, that kind of keeps me away. And it's, it's a couple hours away. So I have such a vibrant community here. Like I can go to, I'm going to say, four to six parties within two hours of myself without going across the border. Yeah, and, and, and I'm at, and it sounds like from from listening to your podcast and also listening to other people, uh, the scene. If you're in a major metropolitan area in Canada, you've got a pretty good scene. I mean, I've get, I've not not kidding. I've gotten I've had emails from people in Saskatoon mm-hmm. talking about their kink scene, and um, it's just amazing. It's not. I mean, is it just because people are you know when it's winter it's dead cold and so you stay inside and have fun? <laughs> what, you know, it, it is funny because. It, the kink scene in Canada in the summer tends to sort of slow up. You know, people go off on their holidays and do things, and all the parties, the big parties, end up being in the wintertime. And you could be right because, you know, it it does get cold here. It's it's not any different than the States. We're not really, uh, you know, we're, we're not in igloos or anything no, like no. that. But, uh, yeah, it tends to, uh, like, I'm part of a local party. I'm on staff of a local party here in London called Dow. And... Uh, we stop having parties in the summertime because now, it's just sparse. Yeah, uh, and, and partial that is is that uh, Dark Angel. He he's the he runs the uh, what's the name of his podcast? He's going to shoot me because I can't remember the name of his podcast. Uh, the Dark Side. Mm-hmm. 
he runs teas, which is a, a camping event in the summertime, and it's a lot of work. So, and that's what people are tend to be doing. So, there's no sense of having parties because there's too many other things to be doing. Right now, let's talk about you. You know, for a little bit, you're. Mm-hmm. You, I could be wrong about this, but I, I I gather from listening to your podcast, you're you're kind of you know you started off as a sub or maybe a bottom, and then you now you kind of identify as a switch. Yep. Um, was a sub for oh geez. Probably six years. Had three or four mistresses. Lived with a few of them. Uh, I, I still find myself very um, sub in my heart. Um, I think you'd probably understand that. Um, but through a circumstance that was, and I think you and I kind of talked about it when when you were on my show, was I was with somebody that was you know trying to top me, but really couldn't do it. And I got frustrated with the play and switched with her without even thinking about it. I just switched. And, and, and what I find is once that switch has been made, um, it's hard to go back. Um, I've tried to go back to being sub at times, and it's just it doesn't work for me anymore. Um, I, I, I love topping. And actually, I've been told by people I'm a, I'm a very good dom. But in, in my opinion, this is one of those things where you, know, you can get into uh, debates with people. But a lot of times, some of the better doms are ones that have experience. It doesn't mean that you can't be a good dom and not have never been a sub. That doesn't mean that at all. Um, I just learned so much from it and love it so much. Uh, Ruby Tuesday, who's my partner and, and lives with me now, just moved in a few months ago. Um, we have a girl of our own, and we've just taken on someone else under consideration. And plus, I still bought them to a few people. So it gets kind of complicated at times. But it's a lot of fun. Like my my life does not suck at all. I I get the best of both worlds, and uh, I I love every second that I do it. I get a lot of co- uh, questions from people wanting to hear more of the uh, perspective of the switch, um, and, and I'm wondering because I, I get a different answer for this question just about every time. For you, uh, can you uh, t- top and bottom for anyone? I mean, not just anyone, of course. But I'm saying if, if you if you really click with someone who's also a switch. Can you go back and forth, or is it really depending on the person? Like some person, listen, I'm sorry, I just really feel very submissive or really bottomy towards you. I can't top you, or or vice versa. Um, uh, yeah, you're correct there. It's it's very um, person based. Um, there's some people that I just naturally feel dominant over, and they'll tell you the same thing. And there's some people that that I I would only bottom to, and I I have one person that. You know, basically, we get together every couple months, and she beats the crap out of me, and and we move on, right? And that's all that it is. But uh, then there's some people I can switch both ways with that I could top, or they could top me. So I think it's it's the person themselves. The what you know, what have they been through? Um, and for me, a lot of times, it's I need a strong person to top me because mm-hmm. I'm a very strong male figure, strong um, willed. And if you're going to top me, I really got to know that you can follow through or I'll, I'll get a little bit bratty and push back, right. which I don't do on purpose, but it does happen. Right. So, you know, a lot of times I can tell within a few minutes of talking to somebody where I would stand with that person. But I don't tend to play with just anybody. I have, uh, a, you know, a fairly, say, five, six people that, that I play with at different times that I'm really close with. Some people I don't see until I go to camp. You know, Kiki Camp, which, you know, we're going to the summer again. And then I'll see them there. That's the only time I'll see them all year. Mm-hmm. And, you know, usually as it's getting close to that, I'll hear from them and, you know, whatever situation it is. Um, it, 
it's and for me it's it's a really easy switch for some people you know if they talk with somebody um it would it might take them four hours before they could could bottom right yeah i can do it in five minutes i just that's a handy talent to have it's fun at parties, I tell you. Like we just went to a party where where my girl said, uh, you know, I, I I need to cry. So I, I beat her until she cried, and and she she got all her emotions out, and then went and sat and had a drink, and ten minutes later was was being played on, as a bottom. Right. Now you you mentioned that you and uh, Ruby, your is she wife, significant other. How do you identify her? Is just she's partner? significant. She's my partner. Uh, we we did a unique thing uh, last year at camp, where we collared each other. Oh well, that's nice. Yeah, well, we we both been divorced, and we decided we didn't want to get married again. But you know, it was time that we'd been single for a long time, and and once we'd met, we kind of clicked, and and it just grew from there. So we thought, well, how can we do this kinky wise? And being switches, you can never you know you never really hear about people being collared as a switch because it's not really a a heavy DS thing or anything like that. So we thought, well, why not do that? So that's what we did. had a little ceremony, and we have collars for each other. And then if we switch, then we can wear our collars for each other. And it was just a really cool thing. We did a whole ceremony of people showing up, and and uh, it was a beautiful day. That's really romantic. Yeah, it was. I, I, I've got a uh, there's a, f- a couple of friends I know who are they're in a relationship, and they're both switches. And what uh, a difficult thing they have is that it takes one person to initiate the, you know, a scene, maybe just like sex, right? But in, mm-hmm. unfortunately, unlike sex in their case, uh, since it, it, in their case they're, they're a man and a woman, you know, unless you have a toy out or something like that, if you're just naked in an empty room and you're going to have sex, you know who's going to have a, a body part where, right? Mm-hmm. You know what, you know, what's going to happen, if they're going to have vanilla sex. But when it comes, since they're both switches... It requires one person to initiate being a top. Yep. And the problem they find is that if they're both feeling kind of bottoming at the time, they will, they'll just kind of stand there and look at each other, you know, you know, not stand there, sit there, and they'll both be really wanting to play, but they won't be saying anything to each other until it just becomes unbearable, and then one person will just say, hey, uh, I, you want to play, you know, or whatever. And that's the hardest thing for them is to if they're both feeling bottomy or, you know, of course, if they're both feeling toppy, then it's whoever wins, right? But um, do, you, do you have that same issue or is it just sort of a natural thing? Hey, I, gotta, I get a vibe, she's feeling this way or I'm going to send a vibe out that I'm feeling this way well, and then hope it, hope it happens. We, we did have that issue in the beginning. Now, to qualify that, and I'll, I'll go back over that, but Ruby more or less just doms now. Mm-hmm. So she... she she hasn't bought him to anybody in a while. And I think she probably, she might again. She's just feeling like she needed to talk. But in the beginning when she was really switching, and she didn't start switching until she met me. And it was just like that. We found that at times we never played because nobody would initiate to play. So then we had to sit and communicate and say, okay, now if you're, if you're needing play, you have to communicate and say, I'm needing play. And you got to say, how do you want to play? Do you want a top or do you want a bottom? Because nothing ever happened. We, I, we went through a three or four week period at one time, I remember, where nothing happened. We both wanted to play, but neither one would say to the other one. Right. And, and it just landed up being this, like, and we, we thought maybe there was something wrong, and there really wasn't. It's just that neither one of us could make the decision to, to, to play. And I don't know what, the way it is with, with you and Saad, say, you know, maybe she comes to you and says, hey, we're playing, and this is when we're doing it. Well, we didn't have that. Right. So, But even now, if she wants to play on me, 
you know, with the podcast and everything else and being as busy we are, we land up scheduling times to play because if not, it'll never happen. Yeah, and, and the other complication that we have now is with, with Ruby being more dominant and, you know, she she has our girl Eva to play with. and But because I'm so strong-willed, sometimes she has a hard time playing with me because she I intimidate her and I'm nine years older than her. So one thing that we're working on now is when we play is, is that I tell her, like, we, we don't negotiate if we're going to play anymore. I just say, you do what you want to do, and I'll just do it. Mm-hmm. Because, in other words, I actually end up kind of controlling the play even though I'm the bottom. Right. And I don't want to say it's topping from the bottom, but it kind of is. But it was, you know, we would talk, and I would say, well, let's do this, this, and that, and that's what would happen. But I don't know about yourself. When I bottom, I really don't want to know what's going to happen, maybe within certain parameters, but... You know, I want to be surprised, I want to be pushed, pulled, whatever that we're doing, but I don't want to control that. I want to feel like somebody else is in control of that. Yeah, I guess for me, I, I don't really think about it. Usually, I, I mean, usually I don't know what's going to happen. Sometimes I do, like if we go off to a party, I'll know what's going to happen because she's packed a toy bag, right? Or, or mm-hmm. had, had asked me to pack a toy bag with these implements or whatever. So I kind of know what's going to happen, right? At least I, what, what yeah. items are at least going to be uh, used. I, and, and for me... I think it depends. I think I don't think we've even talked about this, but there are some things that it would be best if she didn't tell me beforehand, just because I wouldn't psych myself out. I wouldn't be sure. extremely nervous before whatever. Like uh, she does, she makes these blood paintings, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, it's so much better if she doesn't tell me ahead of time, or if she, <laughs> or you know, because otherwise I'm just for days ahead of time. I'm just like. Um, and in those cases, it's best if she says, hey, I know we've got two hours to kill before we have to go to X, Y, and Z. You know, let's do this. It's so much better that way. Um, because I can psych myself out. Or, you know, I should say, I'll just be nervous the whole time. It'll still work. Yeah. Whatever we're doing will still work. But at least I'm not just filled with neuroses for days you know, beforehand. Um, and there's some things I know that she maybe would like to keep secret, but know that knows that it's probably best that I know ahead of time. So, um, Yeah, and it, you know, th- and that's just a communication thing, and, and I think getting to learn your partner, right? Yeah, yeah. And, and I think that we're at that spot now. And, and to throw another wrinkle into it, the other thing is if, if you know, we have to spend time with Eva, um, I need to be in my top space to do that. Right. So Ruby has to be careful to not say or do things that might, be from her topping me mm-hmm. especially not in front of Eva she knows about it and, and is fine with it she just doesn't want to be she doesn't mind okay here, here's from her she doesn't mind seeing me get played on but she doesn't want to see me submit to somebody because to her that would, would kind of fuck up her headspace. Yeah. so now you've brought in a third person and you have to worry about that everybody is kind of staying in their roles at that point because you know, that can happen. And now to to put a further wrinkle in it, now Eva is starting to top a little bit to, to other people. So, you know, it just takes a, a heck of a lot of communication. Um, we have what we call family meetings, and we sit down and talk about things just kind of freely without anybody being in their roles. And that's really important to us, just to make sure that we're all on the same page. And if, you know, something is bothering you, um, then we just handle it right there in front of everybody, and it's not there's no secrets or anything like that. And it's worked very well for us. Um, but being in a relationship as we are and kind of poly and open, we're definitely open. Um, it you know if you don't communicate and you don't have these 
these talks and and be really open and free it won't work and it's a lot of work and people don't understand that i think at sometimes i was fascinated about uh, by people who have uh multiple relationships or i should say whenever you have a, a i guess you could say maybe a sort of a triad situation with you going on maybe i don't know what yeah about that yeah uh, but with eva how did what is the nature is it is it mostly ds is it uh mostly just play-based is it because I know people who have varying degrees. Uh, I have I know people who have that they own slaves, and there's nothing sexual that ever goes on. It's just service, you know. Yeah. Um, what's the I mean? How, what's your DS relationship like with her? Well, it's it's very DS based. It's 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 very sexual. It's very obviously play based. She she does service for us when she's with us. Um, and there's certain things that she's expected to do when she's with us, and she knows that. Um, for instance, when we go to camp, she's going to be in that role completely the whole entire time and, and uh, not allowed out of it. We have rituals that we do and things like that. Now, when she's protocols? Not, or? Yeah, we have protocols. Can you, can you give some examples of, of what she... Well, simple things like always walking behind us and to the left. She, When she serves us anything, first of all, if she hands us anything, uh, vanilla or kinky, she hands it to us with two hands. So it's kind of funny if she hands you uh, a little screw or something and she's got it with two hands. Uh-huh. But that's a reminder to her of her her place. Yeah. And, you know, if she's in, in a kinky setting, then she would kneel and present things to us. Um, she would um, carry the toys when we were going out and just little things like that. We, we, we don't do too much of it. Um, when we got together, she really wasn't all that interested in the protocol. But that's something that Ruby and I really love. So, you know, we said to her, this is what we want to do. We'll try it. And, and now we're just getting her to admit that she really, really is starting to enjoy it. But she, she struggles with her vanilla brain yelling to her sometimes saying, you know, this is not right. You shouldn't be doing this. And then her kinky brain going, this is fucking awesome and I want to keep doing it. Yeah. You know, so that's all a part of, you know, as long as we've been together and, and, and kind of working with her, she... She journals every day with us, and uh, she, she's required to be as positive as possible in there because we don't want her to be negative. And that's where she can say things if something bothered her or, you know, she need, thinks she needs to work on something. And, and it works out quite well. How did you, how did you meet her? I, I, is it just you met her in the scene, or was it a online thing? Or It was uh, Ruby. She was friends with Ruby, and Ruby had played with her a couple times. And she uh, called us one day and says, hey, do you want to come play? And, and Ruby said, well, do, do you mind if I bring Crazy Heart with, with me? And she said, by all means. And we played, and it was it was awesome. You know how sometimes you play with people, and it just clicks? Mm-hmm. And that's the way it was. And we went to a couple little get-togethers after, and uh, we just looked at it and said, you know, this is perfect. This is exactly what we want. And... Uh, we asked her if she wanted to, to be with us. So she's our submissive. She's not collared to us, but she does have a collar she wears when she's around us, just as a symbol to her. Um, and, and, you know, I thought that was the best way to do it. And I haven't had very much luck, you know, online trying to contact people and, you know, to do things like that. A lot of times I think it's just you know them, you see them at a party, one of your friends says something, and, and to me that worked out best. You said uh, you said you had another person under consideration. Mm-hmm. Now I've I've heard this. And this is one of those things that it usually means different things to different people. Um, 
but to me, it sounds like it's almost like akin to, hey, we're dating. We're not getting into a relationship right now, but we're just dating. We're casually dating, seeing where it goes. Is that sort of how you view it? Um, partially. R- really where it comes from is that, you know, Eva's our, our girl and has been for a while now. And this came about, we weren't looking for somebody else um, to, to basically say this person had is fairly new and it had another person had an, another bad experience that we had met before we knew about this and then had told us this. And so we had decided that, you know, maybe she needed to to really learn what the lifestyle could be and what we could teach her. And so with Eva in mind and the three of us not wanting to kind of, um, you know, ruin our relationship, it was kind of a bad word, but, you know, change our relationship too much, we wanted to give it a, a, a chance. Mm-hmm. So we don't want to make a commitment to her and say, you know, you're in our group and that is is that, you know, she's not under the same restrictions that, that uh, Eva would be or, or any of that stuff. Is that we're, we're for three months going to try out, you know, see how things go, see where everybody feels. And at the end, we will sit down as a group and decide whether this is working for everybody. Sure. So, so for, for us, it's, it's just, it, you know, it's almost like a trial basis. Hey, you know, we, we, we really like you, but... Do you fit into to this group? And when it was just Ruby and I, well, that was easy. It was just her and I, and we, you know, we both, well, she knew Eva, and, and we played a few times, and that was only us talking. But now you, you now you got three people. It's getting a little bit more complicated. We just want to make sure that that nobody gets hurt feelings, and and that uh, in the end, it's the right thing to do. And I suppose if you explain this ahead of time, that's, I, I think one of the hardest things for people, especially maybe submissives. Uh, is getting their hopes up. It's really easy to get someone get one's hopes up, especially when you're kind of dealing with this. It's fantasy. You're almost going into a fantasy world because it's something that, especially if you're new, you've always daydreamed about. And so it's mm-hmm. so easy to get caught up in it and get swept away, right? Yeah. Um, but that's good. I, there's a lot of people out there. I know a lot of people who they just, as soon as there's fresh meat out there, They'll grab it. Oh, okay, you're collared off the, after the second date or something like that. Oh. Is it complicated if having four, if you're playing with four people? Mm-hmm. Is that is that is that just extremely fun, or is that extremely fun but yet very complicated? You got to make sure you you know don't leave this person out, or you got to make sure you do this. Well, let, let me tell you, just just with Ruby and and uh, Eva and I, you know, I, I think most guys would love to have access to two women um, and full sexual access to both, right? Um, but let's remember, I'm the only one that has a cock in this relationship. So there has been times when we've been together, and it has been fucking fun. Like, I mean, we just go crazy, have fun, play, sex, every, you know, everything you can imagine. But I am absolutely exhausted by the time the weekend yeah. Is done, and my friends will go. Oh, don't complain to me about it, but you know what? I'm not complaining, but it's a lot of work too. And 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 as you say, it's a lot of work of making sure that that both of them are getting um, time for me, but also that they get time together. Yeah. So it's kind of this balancing act of you know making sure that these things are happening, and it's it's really really extremely hard at times. The, Sometimes I think that's a definition of a first world problem. Best problem that a lot of people would like to have. Yeah. yeah, and, and it, it's for us. We we've learned a lot along the way. We we've had to have our little family meeting and say, well, you know, 
sometimes one person can get, can get too needy or, you know, things like that. And you have to be aware of everybody around you. Now, I don't know how bringing the fourth in is going to be. Now, she's uh, um, non-sexual as far as intercourse, but other things are on the table. Yeah. Um, and we haven't even gone there yet. We've played with her, and we're going to go very slow into that. Uh, I, I don't want to go right at it, and, and uh, I, I want her to learn first and learn. Like, we, we have had one play with her. It was very sensual-based, not very... We didn't play on her too hard. We just let her know that we knew what we were doing, and and she, I think she had a good time. Uh, so when when you and it's you, Ruby and Eva, you uh, you're both tops. You and Ruby are both tops in that situation. Yes, right? that's right. How do you communicate with each other? I know very few couples who are both tops, uh, and for them, it, they really have to. You know, it all comes down to their chemistry and how they have nonverbal communication. Mm-hmm. Uh, how do you how do you communicate with each other? Like if you're in the middle of a scene, to make sure you're both doing the, you know, going in the right direction that you both want to go. It's or, funny be, because you, you say that we don't communicate a lot when we're playing. We just play very well together. Mm-hmm. Um, in a lot of ways, it, it's funny when when somebody plays with Ruby that has played with me separately. Let's say, um, they they will say, well, she she plays much the same way as you do. Because in a lot of ways, I taught Ruby a lot of things because from experience, she, when, when she, her and I met, she was only a couple years in. So we play a lot in the same way. So a lot of times we have the same goals, but sometimes we just have to lean over and whisper something in each other's ear. Like, you know, don't go this way or, or you know, we should do this because they're responding in this way. Mm-hmm. But it's, it's almost telepathic. You know, you just, you, once you've done it enough, you, you just don't think. And we... And people that play with us will say, you know, it's great. I, I can hardly tell who's playing on me at the time. Like, we'll just kind of switch in and out uh, at times, and sometimes we'll do things together. But I think that's pretty cool when you can do it, and they don't know who it is. <laughs> the uh, One friend of mine who occasionally co-tops with another friend uh, said that uh, the secret is make sure that the submissive is always blindfolded. <laughs> yeah. if, if you're blindfolded, then you can do hand gestures and they said they should videotape it sometime because it's really funny when you see them having like mini arguments, nonverbal mini arguments. <laughs> no, get the whip, or you know, or, <laughs> that uh, and that if, if the submissive could see, they'd be totally probably take them totally out of the scene, right? It, it, it well, absolutely, and uh, it, it, I, I don't know. It, it's it, it's a lot of fun for Ruby and I to do it, and, and uh, we get asked all the time to play with different people. But you know what, in, in getting along that line, it's a lot of times at parties it, it becomes like we end up playing with so many other people that we, what we've had to learn how to do lately is pull back and, and, and play within our group. Mm-hmm. Because now, especially now, we're going to have a, a fourth person. We can probably go to a party and never play with anybody else and have a full night. Yeah, you just stay home. So, Why do you used to go to a party? when? Uh... Well, yeah, it, absolutely. And I, li- I like the social aspect of it. Yeah, but that's true. Um, yeah, but you know what I'm saying? What happens is that because you, know, you have experience, and and I don't know how much they saw it would get asked to play with other people, but uh, you know if you're not careful, the the people that you're with don't get played on, right? And you know so so now we, we basically say when before we go to a party, we don't set up any play with anybody else. Once we get there and we decide what we're going to do, uh, if there's time to fit somebody else in, then we will. But uh, I've been at parties and. 
not been able to be social at all because I've gone from one scene to another to another. And that's kind of exhausting, um, as fun as it was. But to me, when I, when I go to a party, I, I want to, you know, there's a lot of people I maybe only see at parties. And I want to be able to sit for five minutes, say, how's it going? You know, what's going on in your life? And, and uh, you know, just kind of catch up. I, I'm curious about something uh, you, you mentioned earlier, and that, uh, and that is you said when you, did, when you first switched, it was because you were frustrated with the play. Mm-hmm. What was what was when, happening? I mean, how, why, why were you frustrated? Were you frustrated with just going too slow, or the, how did that how did that happen? Or do you not want to mention it? Well, no, no, no. I, I'll go there. It's it, it's a little hard to put into words, but I, I think it's important. Um, for me, the person I was with, um, this this was not a great relationship. Uh, wish the person well and everything, but it was not a great relationship. And it was, you know, she would try to play on me, and it was very timid and tentative, and it would, it, I just could never get anywhere. I'm very masochistic. I could could never get there. It was like, it was almost like I had to control the scene to get anywhere, and it was just, I, I just kind of had enough of it. And I wasn't being fulfilled by that play. And and with, within that, uh, you know, to me, when I play, I like get down, I want to feel close to that person. I want to, you know, have... Some of my needs met, hopefully, as a top or a bottom, but I wasn't having that happen. So, in order for me to get fulfilled by play, and she was a switch, I just said that's enough. And and this is after weeks before saying that I would never ever ever switch. Mm-hmm. And one of my friends said never say never. And so then you know maybe that started to put the seed in my head. I don't know. Yeah. But I think it was just an unfulfilled thing in my head that I I just you know. It was like I was doing all this play and, and it, nothing was happening. You know, I, I wasn't I wasn't connected emotionally. I wasn't, you know, getting any, any of my masochistic needs met. And I just needed to, to have that. Now, because I'm so masochistic, I'm also very sadistic. So me switching has worked very easily for me. So all of a sudden I had my needs met. And shortly after that, I became a full-time dom, which was a really quick thing and that now I, I know that that's not me I, I need both sides of the coin so how do you, I don't know if I explained it but that's kind of what happened sure sure how, how do you how do you how did you explain it to people when you say when you're like oh yeah oh uh, by the way I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a dom now or I'm a switch now how do you I, I mean or did you not have to I no, I mean it almost sounds like I did not out. have to my, my all my friends said it's about time oh, well there you go they kind of saw it inside you and then just yeah. Yeah. And it's funny how people when they get to know you will you know, sometimes as a friend you don't want to say the things that that uh, you need to say to people. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you're just trying to be a friend, right? And that's what all my friends did and, and it, I was scared to tell people. I was embarrassed. Um, I didn't know what to say because I had lived my life as submissive and I'd always had these submissive fantasies and lived a lot of submissive play and lots of DS and such a wonderful time in my life. And then I almost had to let a little bit of that, that go. It was very hard for me. But I was, my friends grabbed right onto me and said, hey, that's great. We knew it was going to happen. And, you know, like I said, it was about time. And uh, it was a very easy transition after that. Mm-hmm. Well, and, and also you mentioned that you had, you would have people approach you for play. Mm-hmm. Um, that's really fascinating because when I, you know, when I first moved here, I would go to parties and women would come up to me and say like, 
hello, sir, is there anything I can get, you know, and I'll be like, sorry, lady, you know. <laughs> and, and eventually, you know, they stopped either because they, I mean, I have no idea, either because word spread, or I have no idea. Um, but the, the reverse never happened. You know, it, the, a dominant woman would never approach me and say, like, hey, you know, you seem interesting, let's go play. And I think part of that has to do with when you are a dominant being rejected. I totally get that. You know, if you're a dominant and you get rejected, then you completely, you know, that takes you down a, a notch. If you're submissive, uh, you, you know, you're, you're, you know, change. Your, your job is to, is to offer yourself, I guess you could say. I mean, I'm putting that in air quotes, but. Um, yeah. And also, if you get rejected, you're still a submissive. You're not any less of a submissive because you got rejected, right? Um, that's right. That's really interesting. That's really interesting. Mm-hmm. And I, I still have people that, that are submissive women, uh, say people, submissive women, that refuse to look at me as a switch. They only think of me as a dominant. Yeah. No, I can get that because it, it's really hard for these people if they have this certain idea in their head and that turns them on, the opposite of it uh, makes them feel, well, if I'm submitting to this person and he's submitting to someone else, what does that make me, you know? I'm submitting mm-hmm. to someone who's less dominant? Is that, you know? Uh, no, I, I totally get that. I've heard that many times before. Yeah. Well, that, that makes sense, then. Bastards. <laughs> no, I, I, I think it's... It, I, I really am fascinated by, you know, people's roles and the lifestyle and, and, and the labels that people put on each other. And that's been kind of a big catchphrase over the years. You know, why do we label each other? I think we label each other because we need to. It lets people know where you stand. Um, that doesn't mean that's the whole of you, but it just means that you know you're submissive. This you know you're a submissive man, and, and this is what you want. Um, if we all just went in as you know on Fat Life as our first names and didn't have anything on there, how would you ever know? Yeah. You know, yeah. Maybe, maybe you have to talk to everybody in, in the world, but I, I just don't see that happening either. I think it's just a conversation starter. I, I think it also. I, it has to do. There's there is sort of a double standard uh, in many in in many different aspects in kink, including like uh, I have a friend who's bisexual uh, and he's a he's a he's a dude, and he has this real mm-hmm. double standard. There are women who will not play with him because he's bisexual, and yet uh, and 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 that sure. don't get me wrong. There are plenty of women who see that as being a, pl- a bonus but for the most part there are a lot of women who will not play with him because he's bisexual and they just for some reason they just have no no desire to do that on the flip side of that if a woman is bisexual in the scene that's seen as a huge bonus right and mm-hmm. and he's really he he writes about that often he finds that is really really frustrating uh, well let, let me tell you uh, i'm bisexual mm-hmm. um and, and I get frustrated with it because, um, as you know, I've looked for a male dom to play with at times. Um, if I find a gay male dom, they, you know, they, they tend to sort of uh, not like bisexual males. We sometimes are kind of looked down on. And I don't want to paint them all with the same brush, but, but that does happen. And I, and I have really struggled with that. But then there's the flip side of that where, yeah, there are some females that, that you know, you read through pre- people's profiles where you know they, they don't want anything of that. They they you know they might say, "Well, I want uh, my man to be all man." Well, just because 
I happen to, to like males too does not make me any less than a man than anybody else. Right. And, and then there's the, you know, Ruby thinks it's absolutely hot. She can't wait to see me do something with a male. Right. Um, and has never had that opportunity yet. But, um, you know, to try to find, like, we, we research together to find people who've never found anybody. That's really surprising. I've got it because I've got a friend who's bisexual. Maybe it's a New York thing. I've got a friend who's bisexual, but what he does, and he, he's a submissive, and and he said, I, and he and I were walking through the city once. We we were on our way to the same. It was a femdom party. It was just female mm-hmm. dominant, male submissive, and it was dead. It was just dead. It was really kind of pitiful. It was like a five hundred submissive guys and you know two dominant women who were just like. <laughs> He says, I'm going to go to a, a, another BDSM. So it's gay males, but I guarantee you'll get played with. Uh, mm-hmm. Because in his situation, he just shows up. And I think maybe there's more male tops here. I have no idea what this story is. but uh, Or maybe it's just gay culture here in New York. Is I have no idea. But, what, uh, but he, he said that you just walk in and you're guaranteed you're going to play with someone in one way or shape or another. You know? mm-hmm. uh, so I don't know if that's... Uh, uh, just because of the ratio of tops to bottoms in New York, uh, or it's just the gay culture in New York City. Uh, and, but he would never tell them he was bi. Mm-hmm. He, was, he was just going for play. He was just, you know, casual play. He didn't want anything serious. Uh, but he did mention that it was harder if, you know, uh, if he had an ad up somewhere and said he was bisexual, it was a lot harder. Mm-hmm. Um, just because, the, you know, people don't want to deal with complications or who knows what. Well, and, and, and the other thing is, is that Ruby and I have also looked forward to play with a male in conjunction with her. And there any issues that we have with that sometimes is that the automatic first thing they say is that she has to be submissive. Yeah. Which she doesn't want to be that person. And secondly, well, I don't expect her to have sex with them. Right. And maybe she, like for her, it's a very, she needs to get to know somebody who's very connected kind of thing. I can be a little bit more kind of slutty than that, and, and maybe that's not such a big deal for me. But, you know, I, maybe that complicates it. I, I don't know. But uh, it, it's, just, it's been difficult, and, and I, like I said, I don't want to paint people with, with the same brush because I don't think that that's very fair. But uh, it definitely has um, been an area that I have not felt very fulfilled in. Now, on, on the flip side of that, I've helped actually a, a few people um, have experienced their first by experiences um, because you know I know that it's hard to find people and 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 actually been able to give that to them and to me that makes me feel very very good for doing that and, and helping them out. I, I know that uh, I, I go at it at this way is, is that knowing that it's it's difficult and and knowing as a male and the first time that I did it how even though I really really wanted to do it how hard it was for me to do it. Mm-hmm. So I, I have that mindset already. It's not, I, I try to go a little bit slow at first with them. And then once they get get going, then it's fine. And all cases, there's been a woman involved that's been there kind of whispering things in their ears and things like that. So in a lot of ways, I just become the stunt doc, you know, <laughs> right. and, you know and, and just let them do their thing. And then, it, you know, at times, you know, I could say things and get them going because that would get them going because then they're hearing a male voice. But I, I don't think it was a, a you know a very emotional connection type thing. It was just that you know I was that standing for them, and to me that then probably some of the most rewarding play I've had because I knew how hard it was, and then they had it fulfilled, 
And then when you get when they ask you again to say, you know, would you be willing to do this again? And and knowing that it went so well, that to me that's great. And it's kind of I think it's very servicey for me. Uh, very much enjoyed service as a sub. So for me to do that, it's it's not that hard. Right. Let's, we got to talk about your podcast, of course. Sure. Um, uh, what was the genesis? What made you decide? Hey, I've got to I've got to throw my voice up on here and do this. Well, I, I think it was a service thing. Um, I had for the longest time, I, I didn't know how to help out the community. I wanted to do something, you know, and there was many, here in Southwestern Ontario, there's many parties. Um, it, it would be impossible to really start a, a big party. London's a very conservative city, so it's very hard to find venues. Um, so I, that, that was kind of, and we, we have a good party here, and I'm involved in that party now. Um, and I, I just... I knew I wanted to help, so my, my friend Birdman, who's been on, on the show, him and I had talked, and we, we decided that we were going sort of, to kind of start a kinky house and, and, and maybe do some workshops and things. And then, and just to admit it, we, we looked at it and thought, you know, you know how much work that's going to be? It was going to be an incredible amount of work, and neither one of us with an, an, enough amount of time. So then, suddenly it popped in my head, well, let's do a podcast, because I listened to your podcast, and your podcast is the first podcast I ever listened to. And right about I'm that very time... Sorry. I'm very sorry. <laughs> no, your podcast is awesome, and anybody that doesn't listen, I recommend your podcast all the time. Um, then DA started up the, the, uh, his podcast, mm -hmm. The Dark Side, and so I put mine on hold for, because he's been, I think, about three years now, and because I didn't want to really conflict with him, and then it, it, it just kind of stuck with me. And then, you know, a year ago, just we just had our one-year anniversary, and I just said, that's it, I'm going to do it. And it kind of happened over a weekend, and the first one kind of sucked, and we had to re, I had crappy equipment, and we had to get some equipment and, and redo it, and I interviewed Ruby, she was my first interview. And it's just grown from there, and it's been so rewarding. It's it's. Everything that, that I, I think it's changed me in many ways. I, I, I don't know if you could speak to that too, but it, it's, you know, you get to be a part of people's lives in, in kind of a weird way. Sure. And, and, you, and you learn so much. Like, I, I think it's maybe made me a little bit more kinky because, first of all, maybe I'll, I'll try some things now that um, I wouldn't have done before. And then when I hear somebody explain it in, in, in a way that, you know, when you explain your own kinks that you love, that's amazing to me. And the other thing was, is I wanted people to be able to learn, and that's why I do, you know, mostly a, a, a story base where we just tell people stories. Um, and I think there's a lot of things to be learned from people making mistakes, and maybe some of their triumphs. We've had, like, we had some pretty amazing stories. Princess Rain on mine was, you know, it's incredible. She to this day, it was a year ago or so that she was on, and she still gets emails from people when they listen to hers. Yeah, yeah no, it's, that is really, it's really satisfying when that happens, yeah. Well, well and, and let me give you an example. I remember you and I talking about, me asking you the question about uh, professional dominatrixes, because mm -hmm. you obviously have many in, in your circle of friends. Yeah. And, and I couldn't put my finger on how that they could, you know, be very uh, emotionally attached or energy-wise attached to somebody. I thought it would be a very cool type thing. So I had a professional dog contact me and said, you know, that she wanted to be interviewed and, and what might actually have me get some promotion for her. And I thought that was cynical. And it was kind of, 
funny because Ruby and I had talked, and I said, but I really, I, our conversation had stuck in, in my head, yours and mine, and, and I thought, you know, I really need to experience it. So I said to the to this Dom, you know, like, why don't we play, and I'll do some promos for you, and we'll, we'll just switch off. And so she agreed, and I went down and had a session with her. And it was amazing. It blew me away. She used protocols. All she did, all, we, we negotiated like a, a, a person normally would. Um, and then we went down there and we had this, this scene and it was amazing. And it completely opened my eyes and changed my view of that. And so then we, you know, obviously we recorded a, a podcast. We didn't record the, the play session. Um, and to me, that, that changed my view of that forever. So you're saying I could have been having free sessions this whole time. <laughs> uh, and wow. No, but that's that's great. That's great. Uh, I, I'm that's I never I mean, because I heard that episode. Um, but I guess I never I didn't really put two and two together. It's I had always thought maybe you guys were friends beforehand and you just you just played normally or something. But uh, that's really awesome. That's really great. Yeah. No, I mean, I, I listen. I think a lot of people have misconceptions about pro doms. Um, and just, it's just like any other group of people. There are going to be assholes, and there are going to be awesome people. You know, mm-hmm. I'm just lucky that 99% of the ones I've met have been awesome people. So, uh, yeah. Uh, so again, I want to cover some things before Skype completely blows up. Um, <laughs> you're doing a you're you're planning a fundraiser for your podcast as well. Yeah, we we just started to announce it you know, on the last one. Uh, one thing the podcast is we're and when I say we, Eva helps out a lot now with the podcast and. And of course, Ruby and, and some of my friends are kind of support me. Um, we're, we're really seriously considering going to weekly, which is a lot of work. Um, you know, as you know, even bi-weekly is a lot of work to try to stay ahead of it. Um, so, you know, and you know that this is not free, the stuff that we've done. You've done some fundraising for your, your podcast as well. So we've started to do that. We've gotten a... Uh, there's a Kiki Bed and Breakfast uh, north of me here in Ontario that has uh, generously given a weekend there for free for people to bid on. And we're doing T-shirts and we're taking donations. And, we're, you know, we're not trying to make money here. We're just trying to cover off costs for bandwidth and all those sort of things. And the longer the podcast goes, the more bandwidth I use up. And, you know, it's just getting to that point. It's getting going faster than I would have ever imagined. That's, that's great. I mean, it, it, is, it is a huge commitment. And I don't know uh, what your you know, occupation is or, or anything like that. For me, it was a matter of uh, I do a crap ton of freelance work outside of my day job, and mm-hmm. the podcast kind of takes away from that. You know? and, mm-hmm. and also because I wanted some new equipment. And, um, you know, and so the, the nice thing, the best thing is, is if you can break even, I found if you can break even, and you know, then you're you should be pretty pretty thrilled because that way, you know, you're being compensated for your some of your time. Uh, so it's the people of Kink. You're on Fet Life as well. Yep, uh, the people of Kink group um, we have there, and the people of Kink profile is there. Well, this has been a lot of fun, man. I'm so glad you took time out of your busy schedule. And um, okay, thanks a lot. Have a good one, man. All right, bye. Bye bye. Thank you so much uh, to Crazy Heart for doing that. Hope he comes back on the show. And who knows, he might be coming to New York, and then we'd be able to sit down one-on-one. That'd be great. Never trust a Canadian in your home, though. <laughs> I'll say that. Uh, thank you very much for listening, and you can you know, look forward to Evermore on a future episode as well. We'll talk to you later. Bye-bye.
We grew up wild, good love, he never had a head left Like Henry's hammer, a white like Betty Bambola Rolled away the mothers in the dark and dread And all of a sudden went down like me 